Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Raising the Vibrations. Right here on the live Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I'm coming to you live every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time here with Raising the Vibration. Raising the Vibration was the first outreach, this radio show, was the first outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity, RaisingTheVibration.org, that I founded in 2016, kind of to put more stuff into the world that um, I was raised with and to carry on my mom's teachings both spiritual and humane after she passed. Um, Yes, this show is about all those things. It's also about uh, ascension, involvement, inspiration, and love, because I have to always put love in everything, because love is all there is. Basically, what are you doing to raise your own vibration? How is that leading to your overall involvement? And then what are you doing to inspire other people to do the same? So every week on the show, I have people that I think are magic, that I think their journeys are wonderful, that we're talking about your passion, your service, and basically what are you doing to make the world a better place? Because it's so easy for us to inspire each other to be amazing. Um, Why would we cut each other down, you know? So uh, my guest today um, is returning never to this show, but returning to – here on uh, uh, one of my shows, I guess uh, having some trouble hearing me. Hang on a second. Let me let me check in and see if it's better. You gotta love technology, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're good. All right, we're good. Uh, okay. So my guest today uh, has been a guest on my shows in the past in Los Angeles, but never has been a guest on this show. And um, it's going to be great to have my guest here, uh, fantasy author, creator, host, has a fascinating journey and story to tell. Uh, the wonderful Caden Meadowpack is here, um, and we're going to get – it's nice to hear your voice, my friend. How are you? Of course, there's technical difficulties, How? right? Because <laughs> Well, you know, How it's solstice, right? So it, it, there has to be. There's, exactly. there's all that magic happening. <laughs> Exactly, which is the bust in my technical groove today. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like I, I will, I will be okay with the technical difficulties as long as there's all that power, you know, musing exactly. around us. So, hello, hello. It's been ages since I've talked to you last. No, and it's it's so great to hear your voice. And I think last time I had you on the show, this was a question we didn't address. But now you're stuck with me, so you have to uh, have to now because my life has changed so much, and I know yours has too. <laughs> Growing up, uh, working in the world of fantasy, the world of sci-fi, the world of things outside of the three dimensions, are you yourself a believer in things beyond the three dimensions, or does fantasy end at fantasy for you? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I am a spiritual. Is that the right word? I'm a practicing witch. Yeah, like- I'm a spiritual person. I believe in all of the things. I mean, okay, maybe there's some conspiracies out there I might not believe in, but for the most part, I believe in all of it. And I've seen your journey as well. And I just feel like, oh, we probably woke up and like went through this whole thing at the same time over the last, you know, decade or so. So yes, we are on the same page. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because my mom was also a psychic medium, but she was a teacher and she was a therapist and she kept it on the down low. You know, she was a Scorpio and Scorpios have secrets. So it was all on the down low for her. Um, And then, so when I grew up, I thought you were supposed to keep it on the down low. So I became an actor and a radio host and a writer and I did all the things, but I did it all through my art because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And then when my mom passed, I was just, thinking about maybe coming out publicly with it and then my mom passed and one of the first messages I got from her like an hour after she passed was okay and now you go and I was like but wait a minute you never did she was like yeah but I wasn't right I should have and you <laughs> didn't so now you must oh, and that's kind of how it that happened that is amazing that is amazing okay, I love so that M- mom's speaking to you <laughs> she's like you're not hiding any longer I had to go break it to everybody I knew in the entertainment business, like, guess what? And I always laugh that I've come out of 75 closets, and there was still one more. So um, I guess, and I guess <laughs> right. and I've also I come that. out of the witch closet. So I guess I don't think there's any more closets. I mean, I'm surprised there's even allowed to be closets in my home. But I just think that right. it's yeah. not for everyone. <laughs> not everybody needs to make their journey public, and I don't believe everybody should. But it was important you know, for me because I, you know, it's, it was time. Yeah, especially since you know when you're when you're somebody that has a voice and you have an audience, I feel that it's kind of our responsibility to speak our truth because I mean that's just how I feel about my books. You know, it's interesting. You there, I call it fantasy, but I was just having this conversation with a friend. I said, well, it's called fantasy because the literary term is for anything that relates to magic. They don't call it anything else. But in my world, it's real. So it's actually not fantasy. <laughs> but I just have to call it that because that's the genre. You know, otherwise it's nonfiction. And, and uh, they never really would call it that for a fictional story. So, so um, yeah, we have these voices, and it's our responsibility to use them, I believe. Or at least that's, that's my theory for my own life. But, you know, it's not always safe to come out. It was never always safe, especially for our relatives and our parents that were so hidden and, you know, so many of them grew up with religion, my family in particular, um, my mom grew up Catholic. And so, you know, these things weren't talked about um, until, you know, until now. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My mom grew up in the South during the Depression, you know, who, and then yeah, was adopted by very rigid upstate New York Presbyterians. So when was she going to be able to share all that? And I, and I understand exactly. why she didn't, and she did so much good work working with people one-on-one on the down low, and I'm, I'm in so much awe of everything I learned from her. Um, but it was time for me to come out and be open with it, because I think there's just everything that you, everything in your, everything about your journey that you share, right? There's hundreds of people that need to hear that so they can get on that same journey, or they can get on their own Absolutely. journey, which may be different but it still inspires them to get on a journey, right? 
Yeah, and so much of what, you know, we're, we can get into specifics, but so much of the world of spirituality and magic has existed forever. And when you look through history, I'm a history buff, and my story is very historical fantasy. Um, so it's very much based in, rea- in the reality of our history in the 1800s. And when you... Did I lose you? Oh, no, I heard 1800s, and I was so excited. And then nothing. All right, let me go and find out what's going on. Uh, it is solstice, right? It's interesting because let's talk about the 1800s for a minute while I get Caden back. Um, an interesting thing about me is I absolutely love the 1800s. I feel like part of my heart is there, and I love the, the manners and the chivalry and the propriety of it all, while also understanding that it, the, the Victorian era was a very – rigid time socially and I probably would have felt extremely stifled then but I still love it okay I'm gonna go find Kate hang on all right desperately seeking Kate and all right there we go are you are you are you back with me I am here out of this call just dropped me a few times so I was, I was like okay that's the third time was third time of charm right no more dropping <laughs> oh, but I love what you're saying about the 1800s about... and oh yeah yeah my soul Ah, yeah, I um it, it was a very interesting period of time, uh, where there was actually a lot of progression. Um a lot of the spirituality that I think the, that America has today actually a lot of it be I don't want to say began, but sort of really did come yes. out of the closet during the eighteen hundreds. And but but I mean there is so much more magic and spirituality that was was, I mean, this is like the Wiccan and the more modern neo-paganism, but there's so much more of it that has been going and spawning since the beginning of time. But humans have sure. just kept it hidden. They've always tried to control people by keeping it hidden. You know, it's like, don't let them have knowledge. I mean, people at one point couldn't read the Bible, even though right now we're like, okay, we might not care about that. But back in the day, you know, people weren't allowed to. Um, and so it's just interesting to me that we're talking about coming out of the closet and you were just saying that all of us have to come out because there's hundreds of people that need to hear it. Well, these are people that have needed to hear it for millennia, but now we're finally not being like murdered for coming out of the closet or, I mean, some people are, but I mean, to an extent, you know, back in the day, you really would be like arrested or murdered or shunned from society, not able to get a job if you talked about spirituality or being a witch. And so it's really nice to be in this day and age where these things are resurfacing, but to an extent where we're able to have these conversations instead of being shut out. So I think it's like, this is our, this is our privilege. This is our power. And we really need to be on that page. I agree. And I also think the more that we, Caden, encourage other people to be organically themselves, like, and really walk our talk, right? Say we're going to be organically ourselves and actually back that up with action and encourage others to do the same. I really believe that is our fast track to world peace. Um, I mean, except for people whose organic self dark that's a whole nother story that i won't get into right now because that takes us down another rabbit hole <laughs> but i really i know for folks basically walk in the light um a lot of what messes us up is disconnection from self and pretending to be yeah. who you're not and being embarrassed about who you are all of those things 
pull us away from the connection to our core. And that's when we get in trouble, right? Oh, you look at so many of the, the hate groups out there, whether it's, you know, misogyny or racism or homophobia, whatever it is, religion, these people are so afraid, you know, and they, they've been shamed by society for generation after generation to not be themselves. It's like if you don't follow this exact replica of what we need from you, then, you know, these bad things will happen. So these people have been so shamed. And now I think we're finally getting to children of parents of parents who were shamed and it's like the kids are done. They're like, no, this is a different world. I can't live that way anymore. Um, you know, and our parents were shamed, and I think we're, we're all coming out and seeking our voices now in a completely different society and different world. But, you know, I, I do feel, I feel for those people that aren't themselves. I mean, there are a lot of people that are out there hurting people because they're hurting, and we know that. And I think that every single day I see examples all over the place on social media, people that message me personally that are like, you know what? I used to be that person and I I've changed. Someone had opened their eyes and spoke their truth and it's, and it, they realized how much it hurt for them to hide being who they were and, and them finally coming out in whatever manner that is, it was just a huge epiphany and they felt so relieved. And so amazing to, to release that shame that I do feel that it's a chain reaction happening around the world right now in, in every area of life. And it's beautiful to see. I agree. I agree. And when we do it everywhere, you know, I mean, and we, even those in proud, strong, marginalized groups that are allegedly out and proud still do it in their lives. I'm a, a pastor at uh, the Founders MCC Church. So, you know, that's a church that was founded by folks that, in the queer community that got kicked out of their homes, I mean, out of their ch- or home churches when they were, for who they were. And um, Troy Perry and some wonderful other people founded a church, which my mama called a y'all come church, right? Everybody is welcome. Progressive uh, I love Christian. that. <laughs> so, so, but still many folks that fought to be there and fought to be able to call themselves Christians, even though they were a people that the Christian church said they didn't want, um, still, uh, when I started there as their interface pastor, we'd all be having a lunch or something after church, and somebody would come up and, like, whisper to me, you know, I like crystals. So even though they were out and proud gay people, defiantly Christian in the face of the church saying no, they still were scared to say to other church people, other Christians, but mm-hmm. I also like reincarnation, but I also like crystals. And so I think, if you know, yeah. me being there and everyone all the time, in the nicest of ways, I think has kind of allowed everyone, including my senior pastor who grew up intensely Pentecostal to be able to, you know, look at uh, themselves and say, wow, you know what? Maybe Christianity is how I identify, but maybe there are things outside of the realm of Christianity that I can also sort of take and put on my spiritual palette and that can be a part of my life too. And, um, absolutely. You know, that's, that is, you know, being there has reinforced all of my spiritual beliefs more, including has made me more of a Christian, but not the human judgy yeah. people decided what Christians were. Yeah. But more yeah there's just a difference, of, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And more I mean, we, we kind of the judge we all know. of Christ as a, 
And I mean, it's a shame. And I think we all know this story. You know, there's the beauty of the religions around the world. And then there is the politics that people use. They utilize these things against other people. You know, and they're totally different avenues. Um, and it's a shame that they just blended together. But I, I agree with you that, you know, all of these different aspects uh, really do kind of blend together. And I remember being in a whole entire I forgot what group I was in. I was in some pagan group on Facebook, I think. And there was a whole thread for Christian witches because somebody said, you know, I'm Christian, but I'm a witch and I'm terrified to come out to my community that I'm a witch. And there, and there was a giant thread, uh, mostly women on there who were like, well, I'm a witch too, but I'm still Christian. And like, that's okay. And it was just such a beautiful thread of like, there's no shame. It was just everyone was themselves. And they were, they were like, yes, but I practice this, but I also practice this. And it really goes to show you that at the basis of all of these things is the magic of life and the, and the beauty of nature. And like, we're all sort of, if you think about it, I don't really want to use the word worship, but I will, but we're all really worshiping love and and nature and and compassion and all of these different things in the same way and we just do it in different ways you know we use different names we use different idols we do it in different ways and I think nowadays people are really waking up to that and it's like okay well it's like languages not everyone speaks French so not everyone was going to be Christian you know (laughs) somebody was going to be this religion or named it this or that or that or that's how I feel anyway is that there's all these places around the world that really have this inner knowing and they just maybe called it something different. And there's really no way, no reason to like make enemies. You know, I mean, they, they did that back in the day, right? The Spanish were like, we hate the French because they're French. (laughs) Like now they're like, okay, look, they're literally our neighbors. So like, why? (laughs) But yeah, it's just so beautiful to see everyone kind of coalescing these days. Being like, it's all, it's a big smorgasbord of whatever works for you. Exactly, and we hear so much through the media about how we all hate each other. But I overall think that that from a spiritual standpoint, Caden, things are getting better. I mean, I think we're becoming much more tolerant of each other spiritually. And I think I think for me, I think when you see that, yeah, I think spirituality. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I think religion has funded. Uh, and fueled a lot of the hatred of humans against each other, us against them, right? And I think one of the things we definitely need to do is to get ourselves out of that us against them mentality because it's just not healthy, you know? It re- you know, it really is. And honestly, the way I see it is it's – I don't I, – I personally don't feel religion has spawned this hate. I think that there is such a beautiful underlying spirituality to almost all religions. It's really – you know, you think about, well, who ended up in power and then that person, you know, but in another country, it could be a different religion. You know, it really, really comes down to, like, how did mankind use these things against people? Um, I mean, you even think about witchcraft, you know, again, like as a, as a historian, um, one of the things I, I tell people all the time is, like, well, do you know, there, obviously, we all know that there were village healers back in the day. I mean, there still are, but there were many, many more. And people would go to them, and they would study astrology, and they they were the psychics of the the neighborhood. And you know, in came, and this is just in Western Europe, but really, this is the case all over. But I'll just speak about you know the British for a minute because we're Americans, so we get a lot of that colonization here and that mindset here in America. 
Um, but, you know, these, these English men came along and said, well, we want to practice medicine and we're going to go ahead and make it illegal to not to practice medicine unless you go get a full degree over at this college. So you need to, you know, class of society here, like you need to be wealthy enough to go get educated and obviously be a man and be able to practice medicine and then we'll, we'll not arrest you. So that was during the era where they started calling healers quacks. They started creating all this propaganda against people practicing medicine. Instead of calling it evil, they started calling it fraudulent. And people were arrested for being frauds and taking people's money, when in reality, they were just poor people that were doing the same thing their ancestors did and had all of this beautiful knowledge, but they weren't able to do it because they were, they were not rich and they were not a man and they could not go get this education. So you think about that as a perfect example of like people today will still be like, oh, witchcraft. They, not a lot of people will look at you and go, that's evil. They'll look at you and be like, that's a joke. Or spirituality, that's so woo-woo. Like, I don't believe in any of that. Uh, it's, that's wacky, right? But this actually came from propaganda in this era. It was, you know, uh, like, I think the Vic- – no, it was before the Victorian era. I think it was the 1700s. But you think about it, and you're like, think about these things that men spread these lies just to, like, do a certain thing or get ahead or – or promote this class of society. And now all of these people really believe that every time I talk about being a witch, like somebody will just laugh or they'll think it's really cool or they'll laugh. And they're like, ah, that's nonsense. So I was like, yes, but why do you think it's nonsense? Because it probably got passed down to generations during that era when people were literally promoting that it was nonsense for that specific reason so that doctors could make money, you know, and they could create businesses out of it and they could, they could own this thing and not let anyone else do it. So it's just humankind is so fascinating when you really look at all of this. And, and um, I think now that we have technology and we have knowledge sharing and we have stories, I mean, people really should be looking back into history and speaking to one another and, and asking themselves, why do I believe this? If it's a negative thing, if I'm hating this person, why Like, who told me to do that? And when you look at these things, a lot of them have basis in somebody in power decided that was going to, how it was going to be for propaganda reasons. It's really, and and this, when you're talking about the media pushing us to hate one another, it's, it's all the same thing. It's all propaganda to stir up trouble, to stir up politics, to get votes, you know, and when people, I think people are really waking up to that and they're like, wait a minute. Uh, this is not the world I live in. I don't hate all my neighbors. So why are you trying to tell me to? Like, no, <laughs> it's not working for me anymore. It's violence, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, that what's coming from that is all of us deciding, you know, kind of our new era, right? The age of Aquarius to, to sound like a, a quoting a, an old hippie, um, that we can <laughs> now decide what is our spiritual palette what is our gender palette? What is our sexuality palette? Like, we don't have yes, to, yes. you know, I mean, I think I'm a little bit older than you, I'm, or a lot. I just turned uh, 55. And, I mean, I remember when I was growing up as an actor, like, you couldn't even be an actor that sang, or, you know, you couldn't be in a band and also be an actor. Like, you had to decide what you were. Um, now young people coming up, they're just like, I'm an artist, and they do everything, and everybody's like, oh, cool. You yeah, know what I, mean? so I, I love think it. That we're not in these boxes anymore. We're not stuck in these boxes anymore. And people are still, and now it's our job to try to get the people that still believe in the boxes, right, 
to come out of the boxes and not be stuck in them anymore? Uh, not be stuck and also not police everyone else to get back into boxes they don't belong in in the first place. And that's what I love about this new generation. They were born outside of the box. So it's like, wait, what is this box? I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, that's, this is silly. Why would I, why would I limit myself? And, you know, and we're like, yes, why? Yeah. Isn't that great? I do. I think that's so wonderful. Yeah. And, and now we can just, we can just be who we are and no one tells us, you know, or even being a healer, you can say you're a healer and you don't have to have a medical degree. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean we're going to go around and, yeah. and be fraudulent with people, but it does mean that you now decide who you are. And, um, and, and still now, I think our job is to make sure that we, we bring people up because like my story of, you know, out and proud gay people who were scared to admit they liked crystals, there's a lot of people out there in different communities that are fearful of other people in allegedly their same communities because they're still worried about things. You know what I mean? I'm a new age person, but I'm still, you know, weirded out about gay people or, you know what I mean? It's interesting how we can find. It's really interesting, uh, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And then when you're, when you're all the, when you're all the things. (laughs) Exactly. When you're everything. Yeah. Yeah, I've never understood that. That's always been a really hard thing for me is how people in marginalized communities could marginalize others, you know? You know, it. I, I see we, that all the time. Um, I see it all the time. I mean, being, you know, being trans and queer and being in that community and then being a witch and being in this community, they are not the same thing. And I've had very interesting experiences. You know, when I came out as trans, uh, I had many of my pagan friends act not many I would say a handful of people acted very strange about it and I was like yeah. wait a minute you're a pagan witch like re- like you know what it's like to be marginalized and I mean these are people that are actively fighting you know Black Lives Matter they're talking about marginalization I'm seeing posts about well we're witches we know what it's like and I was like then I- I'm where you draw the line you know and it was such a weird experience to be like wait a minute like I'm expecting this from like the Trumpsters or the right winger, you know, and I'm not expecting this from you. But then at the same time, many of my friends are, have been amazing about it because of that fact, because they live on the outskirts of society. So they understand and they're like, oh, anything goes here. We don't care. And it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm old enough to have amazing friends, but there were a few people I was very shocked at. And, you know, then, you know, there's people I know that are, um, I have two very Christian friends. Well, I have many, but these two particular people, um, one of them was very much like, I'm not sure about you being a witch, but then like 100% supportive of me being trans. And then there was another friend who was just like, not with that, not down with any of it, you know, and he's like, I don't know what's going on with you. And <laughs> so it's so fascinating. It's like, Again, we look at our individual beliefs, and a lot of that came from our families and our upbringings. And, you know, we're all in America, but we all came from different different countries, you know, different areas. Uh, my family is Slavic, so we have zero of the this English colonizer background, Protestant stuff. Like, I was like, I don't even know what half this is, you know? Like, we're over here on this totally other end. Like, they were Catholic, but still, it was like, it's, it's totally different. We came from different things. Um, but, you know still still some of the same shame and blame and all of that 
but yeah, it's really fascinating. You just, you never know until you come out of one of those closets that you talked about, who is going to react yeah. to what and why. And it's so, Absolutely. I mean, I'll, yeah. I will tell you my biggest shock coming out as trans, how many feminists were like, nope, not my friend anymore. I mean, I was like, wait, wait yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, I was right. so, that was one of my biggest shockers, I will say, was I was like, wait a minute, what? I thought we were a tribe. Nope. <laughs> right, right. But you know what? If you had gone the other way, if you had been uh, allegedly born male and were identifying as trans female, they would have been like, you go, girl. But you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. It, I Isn't the, that crazy? The feminist is just like, be a woman or you suck, which is so funny because we're all such a mixture of divine feminine and divine masculine, and everybody so is a mixture, so no matter what your genitalia currently looks like. Do you know what I mean? None of that, none exactly. of that matters at all. We're all, and everybody's breakdown is a little bit different. I know that when I came out as intersex, um, you, you know, first of all, queer people were worse. I mean, I, I always say that, and I feel bad every time I say it, but my straight friends were kind of like, I don't really know what that is. Could you help me? And my gay friends, a lot of my gay friends were like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And, like, I could literally see the hand I was talking to, end of conversation. Like, it right. was just something else threatened the agenda. You know what I mean? And I thought, what in, what in the hell is that? Yeah. Here, do you want to see yeah. my surgery oh. bill from 1983? You know what I mean? It's not Crazy. like uh, this is something. It's, it's, but anyway, um, another thing within the intersex community um, there has been a lot of hubbub with me because I don't identify they, them. And I'm, I consider myself yeah. socially and culturally female. I'm okay about that. And actually learning that I was intersex, Caden, has made me more of a girl than I was before. This is who I am, and I like being this person. Um, yeah. I think in our souls, we don't have gender. I think when we go home, there is no gender because we're no longer biological people. So on the inside, I think we're all they, them. I even refer to spirit as they and them. But I think when you're here, you have a right to be whomever you want to be. And just because you're it's, one it's thing literally, doesn't mean you have to thing. Yeah, it's literally a choose your own adventure. I mean, that's how I feel life is. It's like, look. I can't, I clearly, my soul came here for a very specific experience and Hey, maybe it diverted and made some decisions along the way. It doesn't matter if this is, this is how I feel and this is who I am. And yeah, I get that all the time. People, because I, you know, I just started my transition. I might not do HRT. I might not fully look like there's an expectation in the trans community, as I'm sure, you know, to look like the full right. on poster child for that gender right. otherwise you're not trans or people have really have an issue with that and it's crazy because then people will be yeah exactly better get that better get that beard I'm like okay well I'll, I'll start with the penis but that's not happening <laughs> yeah um but it's it's interesting because I've had that experience where people are like well can I call you they and I'm like well no because I'm not non-binary I go by he and they're like eh, so confused like but it can't like they're just looking at me like but these easier because, like, apparently that means, like, they, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, no, this is what I'm asking to be called. I'm, like, that's a completely different thing. That is a completely different 
different decision and we're all different. And it's just amazing how, yeah, that, that when, even in the queer community, when you're on the outskirts of being uh, a particular fitting in a particular bucket per se, there are still people within that community that kind of have issues with it. And you just could kind of get it all over the place. Right. You really do. You really right. do. Um, so it's, really, it's interesting. Really, yeah. It's really all the letters. I mean, unless you're an L or, or a, or a G, um, you're done. Because I've been out as bisexual since 1985. Yeah. Oh, bisexuals. Yeah, we, we get shit. <laughs> that, that, that letter's not loved either. So now I just pick all the no. letters I like. Like, I'm bisexual, and I'm pansexual, and I'm two-spirit, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I like that one. I'll be that one, too. Um, and I, I, I know, right? I don't either. I'm like, look, yeah, it's, it's amazing to me that, again, there's the bucket. You know, anytime you have a community, there's the little buckets, and they're like, we created the buckets. We feel safe in the buckets. Um, I have this conversation with gay trans men all the time. I would consider myself pansexual, um, but, you know, I love men, and and I have these conversations with um, gay trans men who either are, you know, pansexual or mostly gay, and the experience that they have with other gay men and gay men are like, put the, you know, the ones that are putting the stance down, like you are not a man. Do not even say that you are. You're a le-. they're like, you're a lesbian in disguise. I saw this on Reddit the other day. Someone was like, you are just a cis woman pretending to, you know, fetish our community. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like not even the same thing, but it's the bucket. People love the buckets. They, they're, they feel safe in their buckets. And this, what I said to this person, I was like, this person, you know, they're marginalized, they're feeling unsafe, that their community is getting mixed to the point where they can't just safely stick in their bucket. And so they're getting angry with you about it because you're on the edge, you're teetering on the edge, you've created a new bucket, or a bucket that doesn't exist, you're outside the bucket. And that makes people really uncomfortable. But I think now, um, especially with the, the new generation, I think it was like 25% of the new generation, at least in America, it considers themselves part of the LGBTQ community. And that's amazing. That's amazing to me. I think 25%. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. At least admitting Absolutely. it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's great. And in my mind, how many, yeah. also, how many people also consider themselves straight and allied that number even goes up more. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's so wonderful because yeah. it's encouraging folks in harder communities where it's harder to come out and say who you are. It's encouraging them yeah. to be able to do the same, which I think is so wonderful. And I just don't, I don't care. I felt intimidated in the beginning. I went through the phase where, you know, I was very lucky that I had the boyfriend who never cared. None of my boyfriends ever cared I was bisexual. Um, some of them secretly admitted they were as well, especially when drinking. Um, I, but when I had a, my first long-term relationship with a woman, it was very much like, don't tell my friends you're bi, don't tell my friends you're intersex. And that was what prompted me to start thinking about coming out as intersex because I had known through two relationships, and my theory was, look, I'm not going to sleep with anybody who doesn't know because I don't think that's right, but I don't need to tell anybody yeah. else because who cares? But then when I saw this kind of pushback in, in, within, amongst gay women, I was like, you know what? You girls need to be schooled. So I'm just coming yep. out. And also the, <laughs> I found out about it through yeah. somebody I'd had on a radio show who was, 
an, an intersex person who was had been um, uh, assigned male and is a well-known um, uh, psychologist who deals in a lot of gender issues in his practice. And I had him on my, and you know, he had really changed my life because it was in talking to him that I really discovered who I was. Before that, I was just yeah. a girl that had had a funky surgery I didn't quite understand. Um, because nobody told me, they didn't tell my mom. I mean, it was a different world, right? And I grew up in Orange County where everything was the devil. So I had him on my yeah. show about 10 years ago, and I was just identifying as bisexual and doing the thing I did. And he said, you know, there's just so many intersex people out there, but nobody talks about it, and our community's never going to go anywhere. And I thought, oh, my God, that is so not okay. And that's why I decided to, like, become a voice for it. And deal with all that's the, amazing. you know, that's the, amazing. I don't even I, know I what that is. I love that story. Well, and I, I think you you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's like you you're like girls. You need to be schooled. I mean, because again, like when it comes to like you know you are you are straight lesbian and you are a straight gay man. Like there there are those two communities right there. Sometimes act the same as straight people with like these are the rigid rules, and they're like no, there's just all these little colors of the rainbow in between and we can't bully people into fitting into one of those little lanes when they just don't I mean and I think that's the issue and and that we're overcoming right now is people are like I just want to be myself look I just want to be happy like do just stop shaming me stop shaming me stop telling me I can't be this stop shunning me from the world um I think my therapist I just spoke to recently was uh, she was a lesbian for many, many years, and then she ended up falling in love with a trans man. She got kicked out of all of her lesbian groups. They were like, nope, you're not a lesbian. And she was like, okay, like we've been friends for like 20 years, and okay. But, I mean, it was so it was so black and white that there was just no room for anything in between. And so, yeah, you're creating, you're creating a new lane and, and, you know, not putting like a bubble around it, which is fabulous. That's amazing. I feel I feel the same way. You know, I coming out as trans, like I don't know if I'm going to do HRT for a number of reasons. There, it's just there's things I would love about it, but then it's like a it's a it's a Russian game of Russian roulette, and I'm like there are things that I yeah. just I don't think are going to work for me, given my medical history and my family history. It's like I just don't know if this is a thing for me, sure. um, and my age. And uh, but you know that that's a different thing. People are like, oh, but you're you're going to look like this. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to look how I look. Okay. Like I'm going to get as much done as I can, but like, this is just, this is how I was born. And if, if I, just because I can't do something or choose for safety reasons, whatever reasons, it doesn't even matter what my reasons are to not do something. It doesn't make me any less trans. And I, and, and as I'm opening up about it, there are so many other people, especially in the non-binary community who are like, I identify as trans, but like, I don't want to do this either. And nobody's nobody's listening to me people are just pushing me under the rug as if I don't exist because I don't again I don't fit into these these stereotypical gender norms and I'm not aiming to be that so we need to have these these lanes that aren't lanes it's like the more everyone can just be unique and individual I think the more people will feel comfortable opening up about their individuality whatever that is gender sexuality beliefs you name it you're an alien. Great. Yeah. Let everybody know <laughs> and take me with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And when you go home, please, I'd like a ride. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah I'd I like to hit so you right now. 
I mean, I hope we get to the point where we don't even have to push identifying so much because it just is a thing. Exactly. You just tell your story. Yeah. It's just that. And we don't expect um, that people have to. I mean, I think it's wonderful, everybody that has transitioned, everybody that wants to transition. But I also think it's wonderful now that what transitioning looks like isn't you have to have this surgery, you have to cut your hair, you have to change your name to Bob. You know what I mean? Now it looks like you decide what makes you comfortable in your own skin, and you do or don't do what you have to do. And because I and also you don't feel like you have to transition if you are just an extremely effeminate or whatever or an extremely masculine whatever you don't that doesn't that's a whole different thing. There's not a societal pressure like if you're going to dress like that you have to become a man because you don't you you can be whatever you want and call yourself whatever you want and. You, whatever makes your outside match your inside is the most important thing. And absolutely, um, you know. And like yeah, I said, and we had. Oh, go ahead. I said I'm I'm more than anything uh, an advocate for everybody's rights as an intersex person, yeah. uh, including not assigning children uh, at like two months old. You know, my friend that I was talking about had like sixty something surgeries before he was like six years old. No child should be put through that for any reason. No. Unless it's something that's life no. But I do think that you also have a right to decide, um, you know, I do want that surgery or I don't want that surgery. I mean, I had to have my surgery because it was causing medical problems that would have gotten worse. So I don't regret that I had it and I don't, maybe I would have chosen that. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but you have to be comfortable with the choices that you make and not make them out of fear that you have to do something to be someone because you don't. And so you can decide who you are and whatever's in your pants is your business and whatever's under your shirt is your business and whatever's in your chromosomes is your business. And, you know, we just need to be more accepting. So funny because I had this friend whose last name was Wong, but it was pronounced like Wang, W-H-A-N-G. And she used to laugh that people would come up to her and correct her and say, no, your name is Wang, and they'd argue with her about it. And I used to always laugh and say, look, if, you're, if your last name is it's spelled J-O-N-E-S, but you think it's Wong, then people damn well better call you Wong because that's what you're saying your name is. Um, exactly. This idea that exactly. we people, no, you're not masculine enough to be trans. You're not feminine enough to be trans. That's not your business. Yeah. The, the truth is we can all be whatever we want to be, and I know I blow people's minds because I am such an advocate of everybody being whatever gender they want to be, including no gender at all, but I also believe that our souls, you know, that when we go home to spirit, they don't give a shit about gender. It's a, it's a part oh, of not our at journey all. here. Such a human construct. As, as a human, yeah. You know, because yeah, next life so, we might be something else yeah. and have a different journey. Exactly. It might be on another planet, like where we don't even have humans. I um yeah I say that all the time so I actually started going by and changed my handles to Transberry Prince because it was the only well number one it was really the only way I could get people to understand like this is the vision that I have of myself it when I say I'm a trans man and I'm starting to transition like I don't mean the stereotypical human male like I look at like 
fairy princes and how elegant they are. And I was like, so this, this is just terminology I can use to help you understand how I see myself as this human in this, having this human experience. I said, soul having a human experience, I should say. And, um, but then I would say, well, I love using the term fairy prince, because if you think about the other realm and the fairies, like they also don't give a shit about gender. Like there's these other energies out there that are like, we don't give a fuck what you are. Like you humans made this thing. And so, you know, it just, it helps me kind of, uh, breach that that human barrier of uh, these are all the rules because we really made all of this stuff. I mean, think about this. This is this is so mind blowing, and there's so many instances like this in history. But think about all the most ridiculous things you've heard in history. Uh, they used doctors used to tell women that if they had orgasms, they would go insane. I mean, like what? Right. So right. because it, you know they, they they didn't want them to be too sexual. I mean, this is the thing. And you look back and you're like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I think we're going to look back at this era, even right now, uh, a few, ten years from now, and be like, really? Were we really telling people what they should be and how they should do this? But um, but I will say that one of the things I think that needs to change as well is what we celebrate. So I was just watching a video because I think this all leads into people assuming that people need to be a certain way is that we don't celebrate all the the differences. So like if you're going to see a trans woman on television, she's going to be the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. She's going to fit the beauty standard. They're going to have, they have the top 10 hottest trans men out there and they all fit the beauty standard of men, you know? So like there's nobody in between. And I was just watching this video where a trans man was like, why am I not allowed to wear makeup? Like if they, this man goes out and puts on a dress, you know, he's totally straight, could be straight, puts on a dress. We celebrate him for breaking the rules, but yet like a trans man can't do that. Like we have the pressure to be, you know, genderfied and, and society does that. We go out and celebrate certain things and we don't celebrate everyone and then we, we continue to just create these weird divides, even in the media. The media is like, look at us being woke. And then they're like, well, here's like 10,000 more series with like cute gay boys. And you're like, great. But what about the lesbians? What about intersex people? What about, you know, there's so many other people in this community. But you're going to pick that one lane and, and do that, you know. And, uh, yeah. So I think just in general we just have to celebrate one another for being different um, and being unique. Everyone is so unique. Well, and who says that that's what a man should be, you know, being an intersex person. Exactly. I kind of like men and women that sort of fall in the middle. I like that nice nice gray area myself. So um, I I, I don't really date, you know, buff dudes with beards or – you know, girls that were homecoming queen, that doesn't really interest me. So this idea that this is what everybody wants is hysterical because it certainly isn't what everybody wants, you know? Well, let me tell you something. You want to know a secret? I was homecoming sure. queen and I'm a trans man. <laughs> and you know what? I, lo- I look back at that. I mean, it was it was a tiny town, right? It wasn't like there was, there was no there was no. I look at the 80s movies and I was like, wow, my town was so small. We never really dealt with that popularity thing. So uh, whenever I say that, people think of like, you know, uh, typical 80s movies. I'm like, no, 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 no. We had a tiny town. But anyway, I still laugh at that. I'm like, I was like, God damn, I, me and my boyfriend at the time were homecoming queen and king. And I looked back and I was like, how funny is that? 
But this just goes to I show you that, fantastic. like, look at me now. Look at me now, right? Like, I'm, I'm a fabulous man. So, yeah, I love the it. The funny thing is, I'm, I love I'm it. a theater geek. I was always a theater geek. My girlfriend was a cheerleader. Yeah, and me she too. Way more, if you look, she way more falls in the gender gap than me. So, if you looked at us, I mean, <laughs> chromosomally, I am the gender gap. But, I mean, if you looked at the two of us and the things we liked, I like way more things. Yeah. So it's yeah, I how... mean, yeah, and like I said, huh. in my small town, people... I mean, the cheerleaders, I was in, like, marching band, but then also this, but then also an athlete. It's like, you could be anything. When I grew up, I was like, well, I could do anything I want, and it wasn't until I got in my 20s, you know, and moved out and went to, like, bigger cities that I realized that there were all these rules, because I really just wasn't, you know. It's not to say my hometown was, like, super wide and open, but it was so small that everybody did everything. You know, my friend was like this beautiful goddess, but also was like a farmer, you know, I feel like, who cares? You know, everybody could do anything they wanted. And my parents, thank God, really, uh, they were raised very religious. So they kind of nicked that in the butt. And there was not much religion in my house because of that reason. And um, I think my dad was even atheist growing up. He was like, nope, nope, nope. Like that's been shoved down my throat. Um, and, you know, now we've all kind of, collected ourselves uh, my parents were just like whatever makes you happy I've, I've always had amazing parents in that sense it's like they, you know everyone has their issues and their things that they carried down the generational line but thank god they were like whatever makes you happy what, whatever that is you do that thing and, and it's been such a relief because there there are some really terrible parents out there right now that are you know, conversion therapy on their kids and just the most ridiculous things to to shove them into this these lanes that they think yeah, they need to be in. It's sad that we're still doing that, right? That we're still doing the conversion oh, therapy. Sick. I think it. Yeah. I For mean, anything, come on. Uh, well, in other countries, I mean, look at gender, but yeah. Oh no, I was going to say in other no, you countries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think there's a delay, so we're like, oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but uh, in other oh, countries, okay. you know, in many countries in like Africa, um, in Eastern Europe, you know, we're talking about like these countries where I would say uh, the last time I looked at a chart was like 85 percent of the people are anti-gay marriage, and it's illegal to be gay. And I mean, it it is mind-boggling that it is literally illegal to be gay anywhere. I was like, okay, so how long have we been fighting the homosexual thing? Like, like I feel like I'm still on the outskirts being trans, you know, like this is kind of a, even though these people have existed since the beginning of time, it is a, it is a relatively new concept for a lot of people to wrap their minds around as a, as a big public thing. But like really being gay, <laughs> that's been going on forever and like super openly and it's still legal. You can still get arrested for that. It's crazy to me to think that we just still live in that world. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Strange, right? Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, that's the good news, right? Yeah. Is I really believe we're yeah. getting there and that amount. I remember the first time I went to a gay pride parade in, in West Poly when I was 19. So it was 1986, and the thing was filled with religious haters and these horrible yeah. neo skinheads that were marching around with their swastikas 
passing out little pieces of paper that said AIDS is finishing what the Nazis started. And nobody could really do anything about it but just stay away from them. In 2012, I was in Long Beach Pride. I was doing a, a fundraiser for breast cancer, and they had me in a car, and there were like four little tiny religious haters yelling from a corner. And I thought, wow, what a difference, like, that much time makes, right? And now it's probably even less than that. So it's, it's, there's so much more freedom and there's so much less people wanting to bring their hate. And that is a sign there that things are getting the, better, right? The, yeah, and, and I think even seeing how volatile some people are, I mean, again, the media spreads a lot of that, but even seeing how volatile uh, the little pockets are just goes to show you that, like, you know that's what happens when change comes their doorstep and it's there to say like they're like okay I really need to do something about it I mean you even look at like the was it Idaho or Iowa uh one of those one of the eyes um but you know the whole the the white supremacists that were caught in the van armed van going to a pride parade it's like really really and like thank god they were caught but you know there's just this major school shooting like please people really and it's just I feel that there's a desperation. Um, some people are really clinging to the old ways and they, I agree. not the good old ways, <laughs> the terrible old ways. And I think that, you know, they're, they're lashing out and it's a shame that we just have to deal with this. But I, but I do think it's a sign that things are changing. I mean, look, let's loop back around to the Victorian era. Um, you know, when the age of enlightenment came about, People were talking about logic. They were they were men, you know. <laughs> I mean, of course, because women were always talking about this, but not until scholar men do does the things start changing, right? But men came out of the woodwork and were like, I don't know if I believe in in the Bible anymore. I don't really know if this is the one all be all. I think there is a lot to do with our minds and and thinking. And you know, again, this is like in the 1700s, and and the church like fought that so hard. They were like, nope, nope, nope. But these were scholared men, and they were like, uh-uh. We believe in reason. We believe in logic. We believe in people uh, thinking for themselves. And it was such a battle that they won. And things shifted massively from, that, from then on out. And, again, like, when people want the change, there's always going to be a big upheaval of people trying to hold on to what doesn't work anymore. But it's, it, with evolution, they're never going to win. They're never going to win. Absolutely true. That's so true. You are so wonderful, my friend. I, I hate that we're out of time. Let's do this again soon. I would love it. Um, where can people find you online? They can find me uh, mostly on Instagram and on TikTok at TransFairyPrince, and that's F-A-E-R-I-E. So TransFairyPrince, Prince Caden, you'll look it up. It's probably the first thing that's going to come up in Google. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd love that. Join me. So come join my story. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. I also do a spiritual show here on Wednesday. It's called Haunted Playground. I'd love to get you into the guest on oh. that as well. How fun. How fun. Well, let me know. Um, Wednesday is my D&D night, so let me know. I'll work, work with that. <laughs> oh, I may have to work around that. All right. Take care, my friend. The wonderful uh, Katie Edipathy, everybody. So great to have you here. If you miss those links, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's where you find me, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. And also on social media everywhere. 
at Sheena Metal. Till I see you next Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity. Always, always, always work to raise your vibration. And remember that you are love and you are loved. I'm Sheena Metal. I'll see you next week. Take care of you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.